Hello, I'm Tim Clements, and I'm the worship leader here at First United Methodist Church here in Asheboro, North Carolina, and I'm really glad that you have joined us today. I'd like to welcome you and invite you to join us in person at 224 North Fayetteville Street. Each and every Sunday, we have traditional worship at 8.30 and 11 o'clock and a modern service at 9.30. And then on Monday nights at 5.30, we have a meal that we share together. And then at 6 o'clock, we have worship once again. It's a beautiful thing with community coming together. And we invite you to check out all the things that are going on here at the church by going to our website, fumcashboro.org. Org. Again, we're really glad that you're joining us today, and we invite you to join us so that you can be part of a community of people that lift one another up and work to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven.
let us now stand as we are able to sing our hymn of praise, How Great Thou Art, found on page 77 of your United Methodist Hymn.
Let us continue by affirming our faith as found in the Old and New Testaments. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Testament reading this morning comes from Psalm 91, verses 1 through 6, and it reads, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. May God add God's blessing to the reading of God's word. And at this time, if there are any children, we invite you forward for children's time.
yesterday afternoon here in the sanctuary. Um, it was packed as we celebrated the life of Felix Ward. We give God great praise for Felix and for all that he has meant to all of us and to the city of Asheboro. Everywhere you go around the city of Asheboro, you can see Felix's handprint. Uh, the flower basket, sunset, the municipal golf course, the lights that are hung, the light balls that are hung up during Christmas. Um, and he'll be greatly missed. His handprint is all over this church as well. And we give God great praise for Felix's service to Christ's church here at first. Especially in the community garden. The church council this week um, approved to rename our community garden to the Felix Ward Memorial Community Garden. And we'll have a new sign put up with that on there. And half of the memorials for Felix that come to the church We'll be going to the community garden uh, to establish a, an, an endowment for the community garden so that work can continue for many years to come as uh, we continue to do God's great work through the garden and feed people in the, in the city. Also, the other half of the memorials will go to the columbarium and where Felix will be interred at a later time. And we, um, we hope that uh, that you'll be seeing some progress soon. The Colbert Committee has been working extremely hard. There are lots of things going on behind the scene. There are boxes uh, and metal work that are stored in closets around the church. So lots of good work has been going on and uh, you'll soon be able to see a, a wall that we're gonna build one wall and then uh, so that we can look at it and have people's input before we build the other eight walls. But we give God great glory for all that Felix has done among us. Judy said to tell you how much she is so grateful for your love and care. For all that you have done for her and her family, she is so grateful. Felix's birthday is on Wednesday this week. So uh, be thinking, of course, of, of Judy and continue that outpouring of love, but especially on Wednesday. We give God great praise for the life of Felix Warren. On the front page of the Courier today, many of you have probably already seen, there's an article uh, about Susan Hunt and Keaton and Keaton's struggle. And that interview took place here in the sanctuary. And Susan also wants to thank you for your support. We as a church will continue to do some work in the area of helping Susan with education and other things, but we also continue to lift up Susan and Tim and Ella and on the death of Keaton. It's been a difficult summer as we have grieved also the loss of Charles Shaw and uh, Donna Nance and many others on our hearts and many before that. So I am just so grateful for each of you about how you take care of one another, how you've taken care of me. So thank you so very much as we continue to glorify God in all that God is doing here and that that's what we are and what Christ calls us to be as a church family. So praise be to God. I wanna say a special thank you to our choir and Sarah and Paula for yesterday and for Tim and Kathleen from the Modern Service. What a great job. What a great, wonderful, beautiful offering that you gave to God. 
to the glory of God in honor of Felix. So thank you. The flowers today in the sanctuary are given to the glory of God and in loving memory of Bartlett Burkhead Walker, whose birthday would have been August 9th and is given by his family. We also lift up Virgie Trogdon, who is now at CLAPS, Betty Lennon, Debbie Miller's mom, who is at Carillon and is under hospice care. Lorraine Smith is now recovering at home. And Eddie Lindsay will have surgery tomorrow at Randolph. And we continue to pray for Beth Luck, Bill Hoover, Nancy Patron, Perry Jean, and Stanley Smith. We also lift up all those that were affected yesterday by two mass shootings and another shooting uh, in our country. Two mass shootings, one in El Paso and one in Canton, Ohio, and then a shooting uh, at a downtown in Kansas City. So our country needs our prayers as we become uh, more aware of the loss every day. Our country also needs our action so that we can be peace-seeking and loving people in the world. And so, and we can make a difference in the world as we go out in the world to love and to care for others. But we lift up those families that have lost loved ones. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. God of grace, come, Spirit, come. Come and fill our hearts with your love and your presence today. Pour out your Holy Spirit and help us to sense and know your presence. Fill us with your love so that we can love you and love each other and love the world. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of the earth. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty of your creation. We give you great praise for all that you are doing among us here at First Asheville. We ask, Lord, that you continue to give us your vision and your calling and help us to follow you. We thank you, Lord, for your church universal. May your church continue to be a voice of love and justice throughout the world. May your voice, Lord, reach our voices so that we can speak for you and that we can show others the way to live in your righteousness and in your love. Lord, we give you great praise for all that you're doing among us here. We ask, Lord, for your spirit to heal our broken hearts, that your love would consume and heal us in our grief. 
We thank you, God, that we do not grieve as a people without hope, but that we have all the hope that we need in you. And for that, we give you great praise. We thank you, God, for the gifts that you give us here on this earth and the gifts of life eternal. We give you great praise for the communion of the saints that we can experience and know your love here and the love that we have to come. Do not let our hearts be heavy, but instead, Lord, help us to believe completely in your grace, to live in your grace every day. Oh, come, Spirit, come. Fill our hearts and fill our lives with your love. Lord, we thank you for the many ways that you've been working among us, but we ask, Lord, that you help us to go forward with a future that we are not afraid but instead, we can trust in you and lean on you and follow you. You teach us and show us. We promise to follow. Lord, we thank you for the ways that you care for us. And I give you great praise for how we care for one another. For we truly want to be the church that you want us to be. Lord, we lift up those that are grieving today. We lift up those that are sick, that are hurting, those that are in hospitals, and we ask, Lord, that you would work through doctors and nurses and that your love and grace and your healing power would be known. Where we lift up those that are hurting financially or in relationships or spiritually and ask for your healing. Lord, we are so eager to follow you and we are not afraid to ask for what we need and lord we need you every single hour we need you we love you god with all of our hearts and all that's within us and we give you great praise for in jesus name we pray amen God pours out blessings upon us, not so we can hoard them or take pride in what we have, but that we might share our goods with the same generous spirit. With joy, let us bring our tithes and offerings to God.
Epistle lesson? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Checking? No. 
so glad you're all here today. And I think we have adjusted the mic and... See how much Carrie's learning about worship. <laughs> that's, a, that's first though. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, our epistle lesson today is from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. During the summer months as a kid, I would play a game with my siblings called Ghost in the Graveyard. This is basically just a glorified version of hide and seek that you had to play at dark and you had to play it outside. So while the adults were busy having their boring adult conversations, we would play in the front yard and the backyard for hours. And I quickly learned that I loved being the person that was it, the person that was seeking and finding, but I didn't like being the person that was hiding. Because if you were hiding, you were supposed to hide alone. And when I was alone, the what if questions would start. What if they've all forgotten about me and the game is already over? What if that shadow behind the trash can isn't actually a shadow at all? What if there's something scarier out there in the dark than just my siblings trying to find me? See, my childhood imagination could turn almost anything into something I should be scared of. But then I learned that if I brought someone else with me to hide, it wasn't as scary. So I would enlist my sister to come hide with me, and we would take on the scary things in the dark together. Or if nobody found us and maybe the game had already ended, we would pride ourselves in having the best hiding spot. When I hid with someone else, I found that the game that was once scary became an exciting adventure. And so our text this morning also talks about hiding. It also talks about it not as a scary activity, but as something that brings comfort, something that we do with Christ. This text talks about how we are to live a hidden life. Our whole life is hidden with Christ in God which is a lovely phrase, but 
what does that mean and what does that look like? And so Paul gives us a bit of an idea. He says that if our lives are hidden with Christ, we are seeking the things that are above. We are looking up to the things above where God is. Treated uncarefully, this can sound like a kind of escapism or delusion that if you just look on the bright side of things, if you are a little bit more positive, if you just focus on the good things and not the bad things, then everything will be fine and it, it won't be as bad. This is the kind of talk that leads those who struggle with depression and anxiety to feel like there's something wrong with them when they can't just focus on the good things. So rather than being a form of escapism, this becomes a reminder. It reminds us to remember what is real and what is true, to remember the end of the story, to remember the heavenly things even while we see the earthly things. It's a reminder to remember the things we hope in. Some of my favorite books as a child and still today are the Chronicles of Narnia, and the sixth one has always been my favorite one. It's called The Silver Chair, and in The Silver Chair, two children named Jill and Eustace are sent on a journey. They're sent on a journey to find the Prince of Narnia and rescue him from the evil queen. And after a series of trials and mishaps, they find themselves in a place called the Underland, a place with little color, and no living things, really. It's dark and underground and no sunlight. And the evil queen tries to trap them there, and her greatest defense to do this is to cast a spell that makes them forget that there's anything else. She tries to get them to forget what sunlight is, to forget trees and flowers and plants, and living things, to forget that there's anything above this place called the Underland, to forget the one who sent them, the lion that always saves the day. She tries to get them to forget life, to forget that there's anything beyond what they can see in that moment. And we feel like this sometimes. The world can slowly begin to wear us down, maybe with a bad prognosis, maybe with injustice, maybe with news about another mass shooting. Maybe it's stress from our job, maybe it's family conflict, but it all becomes very wearisome. And though those things are real, they act like the evil queen's spell, and they try to convince us that this is it, that that's all that's real, that all that we can see, that's it that we should just put our head down and live in it, because there's nothing better. There is something better. As a people hidden in Christ, we look to the things that are above. We look to the better things and to the truer things. We look to stars that are shining, to sunlight, to joy, and to peace, and to kindness and love. We look up and we see the God of all love, seated on a throne, victorious, promising that there, in fact, are better things. We look up and we remember what is real. We remember 
the end of the story that Jesus did not stay dead, but in fact came back to life again and promises to make a dwelling place with us. And when we remember these things, it changes how we see the here and now. It permeates everything, and we put on, if you will, heaven-tinted glasses. When we remember the things above, it changes how we see the present earthly things, and we begin to see love and light and peace and joy all around us. We see it in a newborn baby or in a child who's playing or in how parents love or in a random act of generosity or in a church that loves all in and beyond its walls. Paul also tells us in the this passage that as a people hidden with Christ, we are alive. He writes that we have died and now we are raised with Christ in the same way that Christ died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and came back to life again. We too have died to our sin, died to our ability to save ourselves, and have come back to life again to live in the kingdom of God, to live in the presence of a gracious and loving God. And this may seem like the simplest truth of all. Of course, we know we're alive. We can put our hand on our heart and we can hear it beat or feel it beat, and we know we're alive. We can feel the breath coming in and out of our lungs, and we know we are alive. And yet being a people that is alive may be a simple truth, but it is not an easy one. Because being alive means we're going to be changed. It means we're going to grow and be renewed. You see, a garden that is not growing and changing and producing life is not a garden that is thriving. We would know that, right? If, if all the plants stayed still, and something was really, really wrong with the plants. Our garden, of course, is a growing and thriving garden, but um, this is what it means to be renewed. It means that we grow and we change. And so when we spend time in the presence of Christ, we are being changed. We are surrendering to the process of change. We are putting on the attributes of Christ, that we might be a people that looks more like Christ. And so as a people that are alive, we set aside anger and slander and abusive language. We set aside evil desire. We set aside greed and impurity. We set it aside in an effort to look more like Jesus. We set it aside and say that we're open to being changed. So while the truth that we are alive is a simple one, it is a difficult one. It's a challenging one because it means that we're open to being changed and that we believe in a kind of renewal that starts here on earth and moves into eternity. See, believing in that kind of renewal life is only possible when we look to Christ, the only one who defeated death. Renewal life asks us to hope even as we grieve, grieve many that we have lost, some in this church and some outside of this church. 
Renewal Life asks us to hope because we know that they, in fact, are also still alive. It asks us to hope because we know that they are looking on heavenly things right now. So friends, here is what is true today. You are people hidden with Christ, safe in the presence of our loving God. But being hidden with Christ does not promise an easy life, but instead invites us onto a journey, onto an adventure. It asks us to get ready, to remember the things of God and put aside the things that are not of God. It asks us to love boldly and hope wildly and believe faithfully and trust outrageously, knowing that as we move into the dark and scary corners of this world, we don't go alone, that Christ is with us, for we are a people hidden with Christ. So this morning, I invite you to come to the table. Come to the table as a people hidden with Christ. Come to the table and remember what God has done, what God is doing, and what God always will do. Come to the table, eat the bread and drink the juice, and let your body remind you that you are alive and that you are being changed. Come to the table as a people loved by God and called to live a holy, heavenly, grace-filled life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I invite you now to turn in your hymnal to page 12 to stand as you are able and join me in the invitation, the confession, and the pardon. We'll be using the musical responses on page 17. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us confess in silence. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image. You breathed into us the breath of life. And when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God. You spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. <laughs> Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood by your spirit make us one with Christ one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. 
heart the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite our communion stewards to come forward. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the same loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. broken for you. Nikki, body of Christ broken for you. Helen, the body of Christ broken for you. Michael, the body of Christ broken for you. Janine, the body of Christ broken for you. This table is not a Methodist table. This table is the Lord's table. May you come today and know God's goodness. May you come today and experience God's grace as God is at work among us. May you come today and know that you are a child of God, loved deeply and completely by the one who gave his life for each of us and for the world. If you need gluten-free, Mickey and Renee will be here in the center to offer you gluten-free. Come and receive God's goodness.
Now let us join together in the prayer after communion. It's printed in your bulletin. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us stand and in response to God's goodness, let us join our voices together as we sing, let us break bread together, 618. the world as a people hidden with Christ. Go into the world knowing that you do not go alone, that the God of all grace is with you. Go in the name of the Father who always loves, in the name of the Son who always redeems, in the name of the Spirit who always comforts. Amen. Thank you. 